raising a child is challenging, no matter their gender. But raising boys just hits different than raising girls. Today, we get honest about all things boy mom, the cultural narratives around raising a son, our own hopes and fears for our sons, and how the relationship we have with our sons is different than the one we have with our daughters. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Good morning, Jess. Good morning, Andrea. Do you ever have those mornings where it's just not going the way that you planned for it to go? Uh, That's what's happening right now. I feel like every morning doesn't go quite as planned. Actually, you want to know a way to disappoint yourself? Make a plan for the day. (laughs) This has been a recurring theme for you, actually. Absolutely. Remember, I thought we said no plans. We were just going to be driftless. No plans. I'm like a free bird. Yeah. So I just have a normal thing that I expect from myself, especially in the mornings that we record. And like none of that has happened. So we're wild and free today. So welcome, everybody. Yeah, I'm going to be excited. It's definitely going to work. We're actually talking about a topic that's a little wild and free today. And that is about being the mom of a boy. You know, I love that you started with a little wild and free because this morning having a conversation with my husband, he used the term, oh, come on, he's just being a seven-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. So it's funny you said that and how quickly we will dismiss something because it's a boy versus he would never say, oh, come on, she's just a 10-year-old girl. Yeah. From the very beginning that we find out that we're having a boy, we start becoming acquainted with the cultural norms. And that's one of them. And I've said it, and I mean it, that boys are like wild animals. They are. I will say my daughter was more wild than my son. I know. And none of these things like hold up under scrutiny. That's why none of it does. And yet they are so pervasive in our culture. So what are some of the messages that you heard about having a boy or that you continue to hear about having a boy child? One thing that I see my mom friends who have boys, they get comments all the time, oh, are you so sad that you don't have a girl Mm -hmm. over and over? Or when they're pregnant and they find out their third or fourth or whatnot is a boy, they get those same comments. Do you think that there were a group of boy moms out there that started this trend. Like, we are going to own it, and we are going to be so happy, and don't ask me if I'm upset I don't have a girl. Yes, absolutely. I definitely think that's got to be the genesis of it, because we did this other episode on raising daughters, on mothers and daughters, and how complicated that relationship is. And one of the things that we talked about is that there is this idea, this cultural notion that like a mother must have a daughter. And a mother and a daughter should be best friends or they'll be worst enemies, right? But probably, hopefully, best friends. And that a mother is not complete without a little girl to have her little mini me. So I do think that with that pressure, moms who end up with a bunch of boys go, I'm not disappointed. I'm not trying for another. My mothering experience isn't less than I'm a boy mom. Yes. Now, though, it's taken on like this whole 
life. Well, now it became trendy, right? Mm -hmm. Because pop culture made it a little trendy. Mm -hmm. But also kind of said, hey, you can have an identity outside of this mother-daughter relationship. Right. We grew up and continue to see moms and daughters dressing alike and all the frilly dresses and mm-hmm. bows that, you know, moms like to put on. And I think this is a way for pop culture to say, well, you can still do all those things with boys. Right. You can still have that type of relationship. But the attachment is different. How is it different for you? Well, as everybody knows, if you listen to our mother-daughter relationship, I had a full disclosure of just my experience finding out I was having a girl. I was a little backwards in mind. So when I found out I was having a boy, I was over the moon excited. Mm-hmm. I was thrilled. Mm-hmm. And I will say when I had him, it was a different attachment. Yeah. It was a different feeling. He also was very chill and mm-hmm. also my second So I was more secure as a mother at that time, but it, it was a different pressure almost with my Mm -hmm. daughter. It was like, I have to make sure you're strong and Mm -hmm. you're not, but also not a mean girl, right? And independent, but also know you can, you know, depend on others. But with him, it was just like, ah, I'm just going to love the shit out of you. Oh, I can relate to this in some ways. So my first two were boys, and I always wanted boys, and I didn't grow up with boys. Did you grow up with boys? I didn't. I had a sister, but I always hung out with boys. Yes, same. Always connected with boys. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, like my sister and I fought each other like cats and dogs all while we were growing up, and now we're great friends. But that was my sibling relationship. And so I think there was just something about having boys that seemed – exciting. You know, it was just a really new frontier. And my perception of or stereotype of boys is that they're kind of easier going. Oh, for sure. Because I wanted to have boys and girls. I wasn't more drawn to one. I wanted boys first. I had this notion that I wanted a boy first because I wanted him to kind of be, oh, this is embarrassing actually to say out loud. Oh, I can't wait. Say it. (laughs) I wanted him. I wanted him to be the leader and the protector in our family. Oh, my God. Ah! Well, I just own that. I didn't think about that for a long time. That's a, you know what? Own it. I did. And then I thought he needs a brother so they can be best buds because I just think men and their relationships, like, I don't know. They just He just needed a brother. And then I was ready for a daughter. So this was like, oh, it all worked out according to plan. How did that happen for you, by the way? I don't know, girl. I'm like, Get what my- you want. Goodness. You just put it out there like, so then I was like, I think I want a brother for him. So then I had a brother and then I was like, okay, I'm ready for a sister. And now I had that girl. I'm like, oh my gosh, it worked out perfectly. Except that, did you know about my fourth? So I got pregnant with my fourth in graduate school. Well, like not your actual fourth. Mm -hmm. Well, this is your fifth. No, no. Your your current fourth is your fifth. What? No, I have four What's happening? Well, I know. Of course I know about your fourth. I'm not pregnant. Okay, hold on. Rewind. Because you're saying that I just kind of got what I wanted. I got pregnant in graduate school. And we'd always wanted three or four kids. But after three medically intense births, we were kind of cautioned that maybe that wasn't the best move, which was really heartbreaking at the time after my third. And then time had passed and we had all of our kids really close together. And it just kind of felt like the window was closing or had closed, but it wasn't like intentional. Anyway, 
surprise, I got pregnant with my fourth while I was in graduate school. And I was like, okay, well, this is too much of a gap for us. I'm in graduate school. This is insane. This baby's going to be born before I graduate. Like, what the fuck? I was like, that's all right. Obviously, God is giving me a sister for my daughter. Oh, This is going to be a girl because my boys have a brother and then my daughter will have a sister and they're going to be so close and they're going to have all the things that sisters have. And when we got, because we did, because I was like geriatric pregnant, which is you what were they said at the time. I was. I crossed over. That's what they called it. They literally medically insanity. called it. I know. It's rude. Exactly. So with my geriatric pregnancy, I got all of the testing and stuff done. And with my boys, I had found out what I was having. With my daughter, I didn't. That was part of the surprise for the third C-section. But with the last one, I was like, I got to know. There's too much shit going on right now. I need to know what's happening next. In my heart, I wanted a girl that never felt right in my body. Mm-hmm. It was never mm-hmm. like I knew with each of the other ones oh, yeah. what they were. Yep. It didn't register, but I was in denial. So we sat down to open up the info that you get at 13 weeks. And I logged into the website and it says, Do you want to know the gender of your baby? And I was like, Yes. And I clicked the button. And it said, it's a boy. And I said, no, 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 no. I closed the website. I opened it again and I logged in again and I clicked the button and it said, it's a boy. And I was like, no, no, I am full up with boys. No, I shut down my computer. I restarted my computer. I logged in again. I am not lying. A hundred percent gospel truth. And to be fair, all other pregnancies had gone in your direction. So I I can see why you, number four, you're assuming is also going to go in your direction. Yeah. There's only one way to make this family right. We can talk about this a whole other episode later, but gender disappointment is real and not enough people talk about that. I was devastated. It was after 20 weeks that I came around to the idea of this being a boy and that I would be able to handle that. And of course, then once he came, I love him so much. I can't imagine him any other way. He was a baby when I met you. He was. He, he was, was just a little guy. He was an I infant. Know. And he's a wild thing now. But that's my history with boys. I wanted a couple. Two were enough. And then I got a third. And so in that way, I did. I tipped over to boy mom. And in some ways, that has become an identity for me for sure. Has that shaped your identity in any way? Well, I don't have one because I have one of each. Yeah. So I kind of oscillate between both. But do you identify as a boy mom or a girl mom more? Or are you feeling left out right now? I'm feeling really left out. Yeah. I feel really left out. I, I have a loss of identity. If I had to connect with one, I think as my daughter is getting older, I feel more like a girl mom. This is new though. Mm-hmm. For the first probably five or six years of my son's life, I would have identified more with being like a boy mom and been like, I suck at being a girl mom. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of shifted more 
where I'm really connecting and feel this connection with my daughter and love hanging out with her and her friends. Mm -hmm. And they talk to me about stuff. And I really am now identifying as a girl mom. Yeah. And now my son is with my husband a lot more. He's a sports dude. We love mm -hmm. sports in our house and he's a sports dude. And so he naturally has gotten a lot closer with my husband and they're yeah. working together on all these sports. So I feel like now I'm more of a girl mom. Mm -hmm. And I never was. I never identified with that. I never yeah. dressed her in frilly dresses and bows. Mm -hmm. It was too much work and they'd poop all over themselves anyway. Like yeah. I just never identified with that. That's really funny. I'm just realizing how much my identity as a mom is tied into this sense of being a boy mom. And out in the world, I think when you see boy mom, boy mom's club, see the t-shirts and the whatever, mm -hmm. hashtags. Yeah. I think that sometimes what that presents as is this like strong woman in the midst of chaos. Oh, I like that. Yeah. In some ways it can be a little bit like I'm the queen of the house or like, yes, everything's falling apart and someone is swinging from the chandelier. I'm a boy mom. But I will say for myself, I think that my boy mom identity has a lot to do with me feeling like I'm a failure as a girl mom. Ooh, I, mm -hmm. I get that. That's mm -hmm. probably why I leaned into the boy mom for such a long time, truly, yeah. until probably the last year. Mm -hmm. I'm now like, maybe I actually can be a mom to this girl because right. right. it was such a rough, it, it's just been really rough for me, yeah. me personally. Yeah. I hear friends who have boys, they'll say, oh, come over to my house. It's a total frat house, you right. know, and I'm always wrangling one and pulling one off the other. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the mom's role is more like you said, the lion tamer. Right. right. And I mm -hmm. will say in my own house, because I have one of each, there are different standards. And I, my husband, he treats each one differently, as I know I do too. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I have more of a, come on, man, like, don't do that to my son than I do to my daughter. Yeah. So if I'm imagining having multiple boys, I can mm -hmm. see how it would always feel like you're constantly trying to tame it, wild it animals. Is. It is like that, even as they grow. I mean, I just don't understand. Like, if there's a whole couch, why do they have to be sitting on one another at one end? <laughs> like, why is it like his feet are on me? Why? I don't know. I just, you know, they touch each other more. They like, they bother each other. They just, it's just, they're just more physical for yes, sure. I do see even the physicality of that. So we've talked a lot about how our culture describes boys and girls, but I just want to touch on what are the cultural expectations that we have seen for how a relationship between a mother and a son will be? I see it as your role as a mother with a boy is focused on the early ages and adolescent, right? So 18 and younger, essentially, mm -hmm. there's a big role of a mom, yeah. but then they go off to college if they choose or early adulthood. And that's kind of where it ends in a mm. sense, right? They leave versus with a mother-daughter. It's how do you make sure this person's your best friend forever? Yes. So there's a there's more longevity with daughters and less with sons. Absolutely. As a young woman dating and then marrying a young man, 
who has his own relationship with his mother. I remember with a couple of my best girlfriends at the time just being like, I am not going to raise a mama's boy. I knew my son would only be mine for a certain amount of time. And I'm so curious about if that's true or if that's what we would want, but that's what I thought. In a way, I have a relationship with this child for a period of time until another woman has a relationship and I have to navigate that. And that sense of it is time bound, I do think that's cultural. 100%. I do think that that's some of what we say and what we expect about our relationships, at least American relationships between mothers and sons. Oh, yeah, because in other cultures, it's normal for parents to move back in to the family home, Mm -hmm. culturally speaking, right? This is very American. I think we all hear the stories from friends about, ugh, my husband has to call his mom again from a place of annoyance. And I think as we're talking through it, it almost can create animosity and maybe a little envy and or jealousy Mm -hmm. from the partner. It can cause a lot of marital distress if the wife thinks, my husband has a stronger connection with his mother than Mm -hmm. with me. Why does he have to call her all the time and not me? It creates a competition of sorts. It really does. And again, it's like our relationships with our sons are so shaped by our expected relationships with other women. Yes. As we talk this through, I'm like, wow, it always comes back to what we think, not just about them, but about other women for sure. Oh, yeah. And we get a lot less say when it comes to choosing partners. So with my daughter, I envision at least that she Mm -hmm. will talk a lot more, right? Right. And we talk Mm -hmm. through relationships versus boys. That doesn't happen as much. So if my son comes up to me and says, oh, I really like so-and-so, and and I'm looking like, are you serious? She is such a mean girl or she's (laughs) so rude and manipulative. Like, he's not going to listen to me. Right. I know. I think one other thing that I envision that's different is I think there are some very real, reasonable expectations about our future relationships in our children's families. So there is a chance that my daughter will welcome me to help plan her wedding with her. God willing. I mean, I want to be there. Me too. It should be a positive thing. It's one of the things that I didn't experience that I really want to experience. I want to go with her and try on dresses. And it makes sense that a future daughter-in-law might not feel as comfortable with me there. I hope she does. I know, but she might not. Or like when my daughter has a baby, she might want me there. There's just no situation, at least in our culture, where I'd be like expecting to be around delivery or even around the first few days or maybe even around the first couple of weeks of that transition for my son and his wife. Can I give you just a quick story that might make you feel good? Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law was more a part of my kids' early life, or at least Mm -hmm. my daughter, than my own mother. And I don't say that from a place of anything other than because of our relationship and how it's grown or nurtured or been not great at times. She's always been somebody that I have turned to and have wanted to be a part of our lives, Mm -hmm. actually more so than sometimes she is. I'm like, no, it's okay. Just come over. She would never. She would never. Yeah. But. I don't know why it's different. I don't know if it's me or whatnot, mm-hmm. but I maybe because it's never been forced. 
I think that's a big thing. That's probably what it is. I know that this is not an episode on in-laws and we do need to do one. Well, we will. It's such a touchy topic. But I guess one of my expectations and one of my fears about raising a son is I live with a very real sense that I'm going to become someone's mother-in-law, but I don't feel that way about my three daughter. Three times. Well, I four know. times, but three right. where you're like the mother-in-law. I am the mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And that for me, again, is an identity that the way that it is depicted and maybe even the way that a lot of us have experienced it, I don't want that. Mm-mm. I don't want that. I don't want to be like a trope of another woman who just makes life difficult or is rejecting or is too much or too little. And I know that that's not 100% in my control. It's me and it's a future woman and the relationship that we're able to build. And I like to think I build relationships well, but I don't know. I just, I think one of my fears is that I'm going to be sidelined that I am really going to lose my sons in a way that I don't want to. No. It's a gentle balance Mm -hmm. with boys Mm -hmm. where I want to, with my son, have a relationship indefinitely. I would love to be a part of his future life, and I hope that I can be, while simultaneously saying I also don't want to be an area of distress within his marriage or his relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be like, ugh, your mother. Right. Right? right? That whole piece of it. And I feel like with boys, there's less acceptance mm-hmm. of the mom's role within that secondary family that gets created right. than there is with daughters. Right. Yes. You know, one fear I have, maybe because of my life experiences, but I have a lot more concerns about mental health with my son than I do my daughter. Mm. Okay. A lot more because I think men in general... Well, working with couples, I've seen a lot more avoidance of emotion. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot more stuffing of emotion. Because of my work in traumatic loss, I just see the differences between men and women. And I have profound fears Mm -hmm. about him developing struggles emotionally a lot more than I do with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that resonates with anybody else. Mm -hmm. It could just be me, but that's a big one for me. Yeah. I actually think this leads into a little bit about what we think our responsibilities are in raising sons and our hopes for them. And what I'm hearing you say is I fear that he may not be emotionally as in tune that he may struggle maybe more with loneliness or lack of expression or connection. And so as his mother, as his therapist mother, I feel an extra burden of I need to teach my sons that emotions are not only okay, that they're good. And that's part of what I feel like is my responsibility now. And that's a tough one Mm -hmm. because I also love that my husband is a do-it-yourselfer and can Mm -hmm. do, you know, some of these traditional like masculine things. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like you're constantly, again, it's another tightrope of walking to be emotionally attuned to what's going on, know how to express that while also not falling all the way into it, which Mm -hmm. I would say for my daughter too. Mm -hmm. But it's a tightrope. How else do you feel responsible in your relationship with your son? I oscillate between two different things where I feel really responsible for making sure he's not an asshole Mm -hmm. and knows how to treat people with kindness and respect 
while also then oscillating to the other world of, well, I don't know, it like that's kind of on my husband. <laughs> like <laughs> I got to go both ways with it yeah. because there is this little bit of if a little boy is an asshole, they don't say they don't go to mom. They say dad, mm-hmm. little girls or mean girls. They say mom must be one. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. I think culturally I see that all the time. So I oscillate between like all this responsibility and then denying it a little bit. Yeah. Too. So don't you think as moms, we get blamed for everything? Everything. Culturally, I think it's a little bit of like a boy acts poorly, let it ride. But if he acts really poorly, it's his mother's fault. I still think that's true. Right? Mm -hmm. So in my son's class, they have this behavior thing. I could go all day about my thoughts and feelings about this behavior thing, but that's not for this episode. Now, my son told me the other night that when he gets a certain color, it makes him feel really bad about himself. Mm. Like, those were the exact words. And I thanked him for telling me we talked through it a little bit, and every part of me wanted to write an email that was not nice Mm -hmm. because I don't like the system to begin with, and this was more evidence. So I sat with it because I've learned not to send an email when you're hot. And I sat with it for a while and I thought, okay, if this was my daughter who told me that, would I have handled it the same way? Mm. And Andrea, I got to be honest, I wouldn't have. What would you have done? I think I would have challenged her on it a little bit more and been like, well, why? Okay, well, what can you do differently to not get that end result? I think I would have challenged it. Mm -hmm. And with my son, I more nurtured it and then wanted to go off on the school and the teacher for even having this system that makes my child feel bad. Right. And I find it interesting, that response. I wonder if because we are women in this like cultural moment where we want our sons to express their feelings, to have softer feelings, and we want to nurture those softer feelings, that then we are gentler sometimes. And easier going on our sons. If we are more protective, more like, come here, honey, you know, then we are on our sons than on our daughters. Oh my gosh, you hit it. That is exactly it. Because the world I already know is going to be hard on my daughter. I know what it's like to be a female in this world. So I feel when you talk about parenting, I feel, here it is, I feel a stronger sense to make her strong so the world doesn't break her. And for my son, I have a stronger sense of allowing him to be softer so he's not one of the people that break others in this world. Yes. That's it. That's it. So these goals that we have for our children can shape what happens now. I also think that I have this sense, I really do, that I am raising somebody's husband. And I think about, (laughs) I know. It like hurts my, like it hurts my heart a little bit. I know. But I think about. Like getting teary I know. I know. I think about wanting the way that I approach things like in my home with my boys and my girls, with my boys and my daughter is different. I'm like, boys, look around. See with your eyes what needs to be done. I shouldn't have to tell you. And one day you'll be married and your wife shouldn't have to tell you. Look around, right? Use your hands to do whatever it is. I, I'm trying to create a 
a man who's a future partner that's a really good partner. And interestingly, with my daughter, sometimes I'm doing the same, but I'm saying, you can, you don't need to do that. Let your brothers do it. Or I'm seeing things like, you're stepping in here to do it, and then you're feeling resentful. And that's not nice. And so I'm trying to shape them for the future in pretty different ways. Like I want everyone to learn to be a good citizen in our home. But with my sons, I feel like I have to do this extra work. And with my daughter, I feel like the work I have to do is to teach her not to do everything and then to like moderate the resentment that she's going to feel in the future, to expect more from her partner and to really check in with herself. And this, my friends, is why being a mother is single-handedly the hardest job in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got a lot of different things pressing on us at all times. So to the women listening who are mothers, whether you're a full-on boy mom in wild animal wrangling mode, or you're muddling through a complicated relationship with your daughter and just wanted to see how the other half lives, we see you. None of this is easy. None of it is simple. You're doing the absolute best you can with your children today and for your children and everyone they will meet in the future. And it is an awesome task. If you found this episode thought-provoking, heart-wrenching, or even just plain entertaining, would you share it with a friend? And if you've only got girl mom friends, which good for you, it's hard to pull off the gender crossover. Pop back a couple of weeks and you can send her our episode on mothers and daughters instead. Thanks for supporting the show. You've just finished an episode of the Honest Women podcast. We are so honored that you would spend this time with us. We have so much more where this came from and don't want you to miss a minute. So please, right now, take a second to follow the show. While you're there, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It's the best way to help other women find our show so they can join the conversation. And if you have a friend who could use a little more honesty in her life, and who couldn't, send this episode directly to her. Actually, send this episode to anyone you want to. Everyone's welcome here. We'll be back next Wednesday speaking some truth and feeling some feels. Until then, hang in there, ladies. This has been Honest Women.